0: East Coast DNA. I'm your host Darcy Walsh, and today's guest we have John Mullane, who we've mentioned several times in other episodes. So, John, you're aware of that. That's one of the reasons we have you on today.
1: Yeah, I de- That's that's what got me on your radar. Is is work t- telling me to check out the the episode? The episode. Yeah, it's great. I didn't know you guys mentioned me. That's a cr- that's great.
0: Yeah. So you're probably. I don't know if you I was going to say most well known from but I don't know if that's true. You would be known to some people from being in in flight safety.
1: Yeah, I I think you know that's dwindling. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the years, I I always say this thing like uh my joke is that I have a quota. I get recognized twice a year. Yeah. It was five times about three or four years ago. Um, now it's twice a year, and I met my quota already this year. So, I'm okay. On that, maybe I'll get a third one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I know that uh, your musical journey would have began before your time with that band, but mm-hmm. the reason that you've been brought up more often on our episodes is from your work as a producer as well. So, you go by the name Future Dad for a lot of that being it's interchangeable you hear John Mulane future dad (laughs) like in the same sentence
1: yeah I don't know if I did the branding quite right because I I wasn't sure people would just keep using it for me I just kind of thought well this is a cool name for a business but it kind of ends up I never intended to be like an artist you know like producer who's like okay you're future dad and that being said I guess I could do that but uh, yeah it sort of just was a business name that kind of became sure I become known as future dad without my name associated. Like I noticed a few times listed that way, but I mean, I don't know what I'm doing business-wise. So I just kind of would go with <laughs> just making music. So, yeah. So
0: is that something that you started during your time with flight safety?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, since I started in flight safety with my friends in Sackville, I was the producer. So even from 2003 and two, and, and before that I was home recording, I was that guy like trying to get mics going to the music store and asking them what what do I need to get for this? Like like Long and McQuaid and before that it was music stop, they helped me out so much, like just trying to figure out what I'm doing. Like I started out with nothing, right? So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the gear I have over here is from when I was still a computer programmer before in flight safety, because I had income. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh a lot of the gear i have like those guitars i bought them before i was like in the band full time so i thank god i had some like studio monitors some basic Behringer ones and um they worked great and i got some microphones and um yeah so all that all this to say that like i kind of got into producing pretty pretty early with the band because i just needed a way to get the songs recorded um we didn't have any money for that Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I love it. And I, and I've always been interested. Like I started on a four track when I was 16. So um, did some very bad recordings. I will not share. Um, if they were cooler, I'd share them with you guys. Um, but they're not. <laughs> so yeah, I've always been producing. And then I, I took on some other artists even throughout in flight safety. Like I took on some artists in the downtimes between tours and stuff and produced a few songs, co-write, arranged. I did a lot of arranging for people, stuff like that. But then, you know, as as things progress with uh, life, I, I I saw I saw this is where this is always where I was headed. It just took a little longer. I mean, the band kind of was a, a bit of a um, a, a, not a, what the word is, but like kind of a, it took a different turn for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to go that direction like playing live and entertaining for so long because i'm more of a behind the scenes person but it went a lot further than i i kind of thought it would or or longer maybe further is not so right (laughs) further sometimes felt longer other times uh don't want to speak for for that you know who knows you know where we fit in but uh it it was uh yeah quite a almost not a distraction but like a detour to get sure because i I knew i was headed here yeah
0: yeah if you if you started off with your interest in the recording and like you said like at the age of 16 you were yep. messing around with that stuff already so i think inflate safety when when the band was putting new material out and popular and hitting the road mm-hmm. i was definitely aware of the band but that's oh. a period in my life where i wasn't really going to a lot of shows like i had two right. small children and i'm yeah. sure you can relate i can relate so, right now <laughs> yeah exactly so and and similar to yourself like like i have a it career that okay that that pays for everything that i do the rest of the stuff is only possible because i work full-time in an it career right (laughs) so i i definitely i can see all the relationship there
1: lots of similarities between it's between you and i there and yeah uh, yeah for sure
0: so was the aspect of not just the time that it takes to be in a band because you still get to kind of scratch that itch of being able to produce the band's own material, Mm -hmm. but is it the, the live element and like a tour component or even just everybody in the East coast can do two or three shows in two or three days if they don't mind sitting in the car for four to six hours every time they do a gig. But is that more of what the strain was that it was taking you away from where your interests really were and required time and other things that were not a bad thing, but as a less interest.
1: It's so it's so complicated. We could do, a, yeah. I, could do a, I could do a book on this, yeah. um, on being in a band and, and I, and all my friends and artists are annoyed by how much philosophy I have about being in a band. And um, it's, it's like a marriage, you know, and it's, and ours was, you know, with some different people coming in near the end, maybe 14, 15 years of doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a long time for a band and most, most bands, it's hard to get past three or four years because that's where you hit that point of like, what does this all mean? And where is it going? And um, mm-hmm. with, with that sort of specter of failure or uh, success, you don't know, like it's very hard to keep going in a band. Um, of course, we were blessed with a lot of success uh, from that generation of bands. A lot of our, I call it class of 2003 to seven, that sort of kicking off in Halifax. We were blessed with a lot more support mm-hmm. from alt weeklies and journalists like yourself. There are so many more. And um, and so many more like people would come into Halifax and like watch shows and be like from Toronto, like we're an agent and we want to work with you guys. It's like, okay, great. But that, you know, you don't, that's over as we know, like you could showcase once and then maybe get an offer of someone to help you or manager. So we benefited from all that. Um, so we kind of just, got into it i think we had some songs i think that's what Mm in flight safety was we were like a song camp um before there were song camps and we wrote and wrote and wrote so for me my interest was making songs Mm -hmm. so whether that was satisfied this is the first time i've said this to which is exciting for me because i've repeated myself a lot i've got a new thought it's like whether that was satisfied by the band putting out songs or me producing songs, it almost didn't matter to me. But the sure. band was satisfying that itch. So I create a song. It goes out in the world. I'm stoked. I want you to hear it. I think it's good. I think it'll move you. Or I think it'll make you feel something. So in-flight safety satisfied that for such a long time, longer than I ever thought. And I think the strength of our songs kept us going because we didn't have much of a show. It was here we are playing, you know, you know, we, like, we just played the songs loud. Mm -hmm. And then we, we, you know, we developed a bit of a show. I I heard people in the later part of our career say, Oh, you guys have put on such a good show. And I was like, okay, that's really cool because we really don't have those chops. We kind of learn them. How do we entertain? I'm not much of an entertainer. Uh, You know, you have to learn to become a bit, you know, maybe you have to be entertaining in the mic or funny. You can't just be like serious. That doesn't work. And uh, unless you're cigarose or Interpol, then you can just play the songs and walk off stage. Um, So we had to be a little bit more, Of that and that wasn't my natural state so that started weighing on things a bit like well do I want to be entertaining people all the time it's really hard Mm -hmm. for me to be like and then the stress of that and the panic attacks that come with touring and uh uh are very real when you're like you know in the height of our career it was it was a little bit crazy with um lack of personnel to help so seven of us in a van maybe one tour manager and you know you'd play a show and have to fly out at two, go to the airport at 2am, get a flight at six somewhere else. And that really just was too much for me. Um, And it was wonderful because it meant that we were being successful. So it was like a double-edged sword. Like it was such a great time, but it really, I, I didn't do well with that. I just sort of faked it till I made it kind of thing.
0: And the future dad name then was, I'm assuming when you picked that name, you weren't a dad at the time.
1: Um, I was a dad at the time. Okay. Um, it comes from. It sort of encapsulates what some of the aesthetic that I am, I think, and what I do. And my friend Leah, she's a promoter. She works for sonic concerts. We were, we were we were going out for drinks one night when I Roman was born in 2015, so ages ago. We were just out maybe after that a bit, and. She, or maybe it was before who knows the, the idea might've come before because why would I be out for drinks when I have a, 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 a an infant? That makes no mm-hmm. sense. I don't know. My brain, my brain scrambled, but she, uh, she said uh, something about look at all these future dads. Cause there's a bunch of dudes behaving poorly. Um, and I thought that's a great title. I didn't listen to her. I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. But this is a good title. So I, I like wrote it down. And uh, that's where it came from. Just, oh, I like, I like that just stuck. Sometimes when you're a writer, you know, uh, maybe you write music yourself too or
0: i don't i wish
1: yeah well if anyway all of well. our writer friends would know like sometimes it's just a phrase or uh, a melody it just zings you and you just go oh, i got to get that down so like one time sometimes i hear uh, two words or three words together on the news and i just know it's something mm-hmm. um and i just write it down so that one was one of those so then later i'm like this is this is the right title for my business and for me because um i have a bit of a dad quality um and i've always been a band dad you know Cracking the whip and trying to get people to like get up out of bed and like get on the road and all that stuff. And, and, uh, been that annoying guy trying to, you know, push things forward. So that, that's where that all came from. And then I like also like for me, futures, like I like modern music. I'm not stuck in Mm -hmm. Smashing Pumpkins, Radiohead is where it came from, but I'm not stuck in that. I don't, I like moving on. So
0: yeah, I, I am similar in that way too. Like definitely highly influenced by. 90s music that was new when i was a teenager and music of like the six late 60s and through the 70s that like my parents would have sure. been listening to as i was growing up but i i just was asked who my favorite uh east coast artists were by somebody that i was interviewing and like yeah. we were talking afterwards and i realized in my big rambling rant of a response where i wouldn't really specify but i kept rhyming off people everyone i'm rhyming off is like bands i've been following the last two or three years mm-hmm. which makes sense from the podcast but i've been a music fan my whole life there's a million other bands sitting right here that yeah. i'm definitely a huge fan of it's just <laughs> there's so many new things coming out it's hard to just stay in one era and say well like this is music
1: like, i i totally agree yeah um, it's
0: always out there
1: i um i'm i and i'm just i i it's funny because time is a time is a revelator it's like it's the rev, you know you get your revelations from time passing and i thought you know when i was younger i'm like yeah smashing pumpkins radiohead i'm just gonna live and die on this cigarose, you know whatever uh the bands in the early late 90s early 2000s that i just that became the template for mm-hmm. my, my aesthetic i guess to a degree um and then some of the more fancy bands like I just became obsessed with like m83 and stuff like that and they're the big ambient and electronic meets melody and all that stuff and um then as time goes on you're like no I don't have a favorite band I just mm-hmm. don't I have songs yeah I am beholden to songs and I mean that I know that sounds trite because of what I do but it really is true like I don't care about the band <laughs> like if a band makes that weird like when wilco did that weird okay we're now out there like i love yankee hotel because at the time that worked for me it was a little out there but cool and then they went on and did something I'm like i don't know i'm not i'm good
0: when radiohead
1: yeah. did uh uh what's it called the pools of uh, don't even know the name of it the radiohead the, one of the years, oh, yeah 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 like um something moon or pool and i and i didn't even i was like i don't i tried to listen to it I'm like no i'm not interested
0: yeah and that's that's another that's a good example because that's a bit i can't answer that question for you because i have a bunch of radiohead over here and i'll never shut it off i definitely go look for it from time to time but yeah to name their whole catalog i yeah it's i love some of their songs i love some of their albums Mm -hmm. definitely don't know the whole catalog i'd run out and see them if they were coming somewhere on the east coast absolutely but
1: and that's just it for me And it's always been that way and so i've just been beholden to like a song now songs have never left my life there's certain songs i just hang on to but they're from every era like whether it's a 50 mm-hmm. song or uh, a song from 2022 like it's just like a bunch of songs on the board and i realized that because i originally i was sort of like you know protective of the bands that i like but sometimes bands make weird records that are records that you don't resonate with like weird is personal right so but like it just odd stuff you're like i don't get this so uh, i don't feel beholden to artists or i don't feel a deference to bands Mm -hmm. but i feel a deference to songs so if you like whether it's lee if i see liam corcoran from two hours traffic i'm like heroes of the sidewalk holy shit man we t- like I've, I've loved that song since I've heard it and it doesn't matter that I know Liam it's like it's I'm more deferential to that than if like Billy Corgan came up to me and be like I don't know man like y- we had our time together I wouldn't feel that deference mm-hmm. to someone it's to the music I would feel deference to his songs obviously. Um, And I do still watch some interviews with him, and, and and I'm a fan of of the stuff he's made over the years. But like, it's definitely I can see where where I come from. Like, you know, I used to freak out at people that are like my friends, like, how did you write that song? Where did that come from? And you know, like, and I missed that because that was more. I think the 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 one thing I missed from the scene from 2006, seven, eight, nine to maybe almost 2011, 2012, is we were all song obsessed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? It's like what yeah. song? Oh, did you hear the song Winter Sleep Played Live? It's a new one. Did you hear the Jen Grant song? And it was like, I miss that. Like, that's it's a little bit more different now. Things are are flowing a little more like into a, like what people's um aesthetic is and the kind of music they make, and it's consistent. And no one gets mm-hmm. any as much focus on one song as we used to, because there were singles back then and people would pay attention. So when we wrote model model homes and played it live a few times just to kind of test it out. You could tell people like what the hell was that song and it's like okay there's something here and we used to do that for each other um, and I miss that and I I know people still do that I mean I don't want to sound like like, again Mm -hmm. guy, but I just I miss that was sort of the scene was a little bit more driven by songs when I when I started so that satisfied. Scratch quite a niche for me, and when when it got away from that and it was just like, here's a band, and they do a bunch of stuff, and they're going to put another record next year, and the next year, and the next year, it's just it wouldn't work for me. I couldn't do a record every year or every two years. It, had, it takes me three years to get some songs I really think are, are 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 you know worth hearing.
0: The pace nowadays for like the singles, you can crank them out any speed you want nowadays, but okay. but the pacing nowadays that you do have to keep going, it seems. Because yeah, if you're not constantly putting material out, like a band like uh like Tool that has like five years between albums and then they're like, oh we're gonna go over a decade now. Like I don't even know how that would be relevant to some bands, especially in the East Coast scene. I mean Mm -hmm. not to be hard on the scene, but we all know it's a reality. Like if you put Mm -hmm. out a really good album in 2023 and then you don't do anything for the next four or five years you're, yep. you're starting from scratch
1: pretty much it would be the yeah. same for in flight if you wanted to excuse me put out new music and just the grind of that mm-hmm. is hard for me on my brain but where i can help other people do that it really works well because i can work on it there you go then i don't have to be part of the promotion of it as yes. much i like social media and i like talking about making music and promoting my the, the work that i work on but i couldn't do the 24 uh, seven, my, my email, I just, even before there was iPhone, it's just, e- I was always on email mm-hmm. to do it to when you're in a band. That's all, you know, and now group message or, or uh, yeah. group, chat, group text, I'm sure. But like, it was just too much for my brain. I, I'm very distracted. I need to be like focused on something and then I'm mm-hmm. done. I, um, I get distracted because I like to do one thing at a time.
0: Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to finish any one thing if you're constantly, checking messages yeah. or yeah. likes it, or whatever yeah
1: and it weighs on your relationships too like with your personal <laughs> relationships like i've constantly had to be organizing things on that phone or on my computer and um then my email just once i started doing this full-time my email just went down to like day-to-day barely and i'm like this is kind of interesting and it made me feel better it made me feel less. yeah stressed. um and then i just sort of focus on a song we get our notes back and forth and we're really into that song and then we ship it to the mastering and then we repeat um so even that that song at a time really works well because people want singles now anyway it's mm-hmm. i don't think i would be too interested in doing a 10 song record with with uh someone unless i knew them really well because it's just it would be a lot you know how how could i do 10 songs it would take on all that the band would take on all that stress i would take on all that stress of and the financial stress of it is a lot so um i do love one song at a time kind of culture uh i always have i guess um, yeah
0: I'm I'm glad that you kind of went that way with the conversation too because that was something that I was curious about with the bands that I'm aware of you through o- outside of your own playing uh, like my early interviews um, I would have interviewed uh, kids losing sleep and good dear good fairly early on with me doing interviews in the first place so Mm -hmm. those bands have a special place for me i always like to follow what they have going on but you you've worked with both of them Mm -hmm. uh uh, pillow fight would be another one that it was very early on that i had met them so i always kind of follow what they have going on too uh i've got to know jade bennett quite well over the last year or so too so i mean those are all Great people, great performers, and they all have completely different sounds. But you've worked with all of those people from the producer side.
1: Yep, yep, I have, and uh, a little bit more. The producer influence is there, I'd say, on Kids Losing Sleep a little bit, but like mm-hmm. largely Owen and Bryson were doing that. Mm-hmm. Bryson was in the band, but I, I I'm pretty annoying. I don't like something like guys can we just look at this before you finish this can we just fix this drum pattern and this is my idea do you like it you know just pitching ideas enough ideas at them that some of them would stick and uh um Pillow Fight is Aaron uh producing it but you know I am I'm, I'm in there too um Aaron and I work together we're, we're, we're super tight we talk every day you know um so yeah I've been there too just sort to of like massaging things or rearranging like even in the mix i'm like oh, let's chop that out and let's let's like you know if you listen to playing the fool there's like the the down moment before the end and i was like let's just filter this and make it slow small and make it big again you know like just things like that and aaron's totally open to stuff like that and um so uh i do add, add a lot of stuff that way and good dear good i've produced and tim's tim's doing it himself lately and i'm doing the mixing so that we can keep our 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 cost down a bit and keep, mm-hmm. just keep it light i love that so it's great yeah, and, and then we, we had, and, Jade, and Jade's song was from from Laura Ray, so she, Laura just was kind of hit a dead end with this track. She's and she just brought me in to help with that one, and and then I had another vision for it, and just took it from. It was a little more like folky, mm-hmm. um, pop, like just. Uh, I, I'm not sure, like songwriting, and then I was yeah. like, "Let's do, let's do, like, let's do '99, let's do '2001, let's do Backstreet Boys." TLC and I kind of found some vibes there. Like, because I'm a huge fan of that music. Uh, you wouldn't maybe people wouldn't know, but like, so we kind of hit that song in a different way. Like just I just took it a different direction. Um, even though a lot of Jade's music is not like that now. It's yeah, more folky indie and 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 there are some plans. She's got some plans to to make those songs and you know, like more of the Phoebe Bridgers style. But that one was like, let's just do this as a one-off. It's got this she's you know she coined like you know it's like y2k vibes and it totally yeah yeah
0: yeah a big fan of laura ray as well she's also been on the podcast so
1: talented so good so her 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 harmony singing man when she does those videos
0: Mm -hmm. and we haven't had Uh, them on but i also saw like i mean you have a an extensive list of people but uh sunday girl yep and um logan edward mckay
1: yeah logan is like my my pal like we're really tight we're good friends so logan I, I try to have one or two projects a year where like i'm like in it all the time and logan's that one so we write together and it's the closest thing i have to being like that feeling of being an in-flight safety even mm-hmm. though I, don't, I keep that separation of church and state it's his music i know i do write with him and we do but like i do love that feeling of like we do it together it's like just bounce ideas until we're done so the song just starts like a demo and then it ends up being this sort of big monster at the end um and sunday girl have so many great songs and i just i i forced my way into that one a bit with uh, laura's always been open to working together and she and she uh she brought me on for but there's this one song they are playing live like i just told you about this is my person i'm like what is that song yeah and that's the song that that we worked on together yeah
0: okay cool yeah every one of those people like every (laughs) one of those acts from at least from my perspective like they're all i mean obviously every band is musicians but these are all people that are when i see them out socially the entire group is musicians from hrm Yep. if i see them at a festival and they're sitting with five or six people it's all other musicians from their music scene
1: yeah it's and i feel so lucky to be adjacent to that group of people mm -hmm. like it's like the new crop of bands that are just i'm just so stoked on them and don't let anyone ever tell you that you know it was better in the like the bands were better in the no in the old days or it's just so like i see a lot of that rhetoric from people from a different generation but like you don't get it it's like there's just not as much promotion Mm-hmm. like uh the, the sunday i was just clicking on a folder because i got to remember the name of the song it's such a good four months by sunday girls like okay. it's a straight up jam it's somewhere between pop indie and like new country and it's like one of my favorite songs i've worked on but like i just don't think people have heard it mm-hmm. i don't think there's enough promotion for bands um but yeah four months by sunday girl check it out spin it get some more stream. awesome so, i don't get the algorithm some Give the algorithm some uh, some food. Feed <laughs> so it. Yes,
0: yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I forced my way to that one. I was like, I need to work on that song specifically.
0: <laughs> and so, are you able to share with us any future stuff? Like, is there anything that you're working on now that maybe isn't publicly known? Because there isn't a ton of promotion for a lot of that type of stuff. No, is um, you, I, stuff I you can, can share this? anything.
1: I mean, I don't have yeah. any confident i'm and i'm pretty like i always like ask my artists like hey can i share this on social media like you can work on a mix because like it shouldn't be probably online yet but i just like to share things i mean come on life is short um logan and i have a new song coming out which is i think my favorite one we've done we're just saying a lot because we've got two other ones i really love um, awesome. and it's somewhere between british folk sam fender there's the odd remnant from the in-flight safety guitar tone. And then mm-hmm. it's like War on Drugs is sort of there. Like, it's like always mm-hmm. War on Drugs. It's got these melodies and it's a it's like, it's an insistent song. And uh, we made this song, um, yeah. And I'm really stoked on because it, it was like, a lot of times people have a tendency to play a song and just like kind of stop, start, and here's the chorus. Let's go big. Let's go to the ride symbol on the chorus. And I was like, with this one, and Zach from Kids Losing Sleep was the drummer. So with that one, we really, me, Logan, and Zach worked together on the, getting the sort of basis for the song. And I'm like, let's just go let's Mm -hmm. go no stopping because it's like I love that it's hard to do that you know do you hear how many songs you hear just go and don't stop it's because like you know you use sometimes you use fill-ins into a chorus out of a chorus as a crutch or the bridge is a build it's a build and I and my whole career is based on sections you know songs having sections like in-flight safety songs have all their moments and their outros but this one I was like let's just go so that was pretty cool and and I hope that it translates it's just kind of a, a, a pop rock thing just goes
0: awesome and uh where would you send people to keep track of you online just through your you have your own website
1: uh, yeah i have a website um futuredadmusic.com um but i just social media like you know mm-hmm. instagram and and uh and mainly instagram i guess for future dad stuff i don't update the facebook page that much It's as we all know those of us who have them it's a pain in the ass it doesn't make a lot of sense and for the business facebook page
0: <laughs> and if there's any of our listeners that are also music nova scotia members there's currently voting going on for uh the awards for 2023 i saw your name listed there as one of the nominations yeah, please, as
1: well please vote for me i need i need your <laughs> help
0: yeah so congratulations we need all the, we need all the promotion
1: we can get in this industry <laughs> yeah vote for yeah me. Vote yeah, for me. Absolutely. yeah.
0: So I imagine you'll be uh, present at the event.
1: Yes. Either way.
0: So and another I'll... name for people to keep an eye out on.
1: I will. And if you'll allow me, I'm doing this thing, which I've done over the years. It's like, I'm a, I'm a, not a, I like coffee. I'm not coffee snobbery. I just like coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the snobbery part too much. Um, I like it to taste good, but I used to bring my whole coffee set up. You can see some of it back here. Um, <laughs> I used to bring it to like Yarmouth back in 2014 because there was no coffee in Yarmouth, just just Tim's. So if you wanted something a little different, wasn't there. So I started bringing it with me, bringing beans from Java Blend and just grinding them up. And, and then I started, people started hearing that I had this stuff and they'd come to the room and, and I'm like, this is really cool. Like people are coming to me and I'd be playing music from like Nova Scotia artists throughout the weekend. So I've turned that into like this kind of coffee pop-up shop that I do every year at ECMA and at at Music Nova Scotia, and uh, this year it's no it's the same. I'm doing the same thing, but I'm extending it a bit. Where like now I'm booking people in online to mm. come to the room. I'll have it set up as a coffee shop, and I'll have like my Bluetooth speaker with like an aux in, and I'm booking meetings with people to meet them. And for them, if they want to talk to me about like music careers or production ideas or play demos and stuff like that so i'm doing that this year and i and i did that at ecma as well I'm sort of like formalizing this sort of coffee session thing um at uh and it'll be in yarmouth again this year um so i I just wanted to mention that because it'll be people can book that soon um, you actually have
0: a link for that on your link tree
1: (laughs) i don't i will have it on my link tree live shortly but it's my future dead link tree uh um, i'll give it to you guys and uh it'll be it should be live soon i just had to figure out when i'm going to be available uh like depending on family life probably Thursday to Saturday but yeah and you could book an appointment with me and we did that at ECMA and it was really great people came out here because uh it was mm-hmm. in Halifax and that was neat but I'll be mobile out there with some
0: Well that sounds fun.
1: Yeah and, and you know you can book like anyone just come talk yeah. and we'll talk about music or if you if hopefully people have songs they could play me or they have questions mm-hmm. about production and mixing and stuff like that or or if they just want to talk about music careers obviously I, I have um, my my career within flight safety is kind of a template there to offer any. Um... Well, that's an
0: amazing offer for a lot of people out there. I'm sure uh, it's one of those things as far as promotion. I'm sure if people are aware that that's an option that's available, that you're going to get booked up.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's like I do. I don't do it. I I now realize it's a good promotion for my business. Like, in, mm-hmm. and I got a couple of new clients from doing this at ECMA. So I work with Matt Elliott, who's in Daniel McFadden's band. Yeah, McFadden. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. And we work together now because he we did those coffee sessions. And, and I work with oh, and I fun. met a lot of cool people during ECMAs who just randomly booked a, a thing. And Maya from um, oh my god, Skunk Motel. Skunk Motel geez, my best yes. right after daycare drop offs Maya from Skunk Motel dropped off or, or came by and we chatted and that was a great introduction to to meeting her and like just like so many cool people and I I don't know I'm weird I like meeting random people and it's it's uh something I've just sort of this grew out of me just doing it naturally and and I and I'm also Bit lazy with the conference stuff, so people were coming to me. I could just sort of hang tight and drink coffee, and I could meet people (laughs) without having to go. I think I really
0: wanted to write about artists like from magazines and stuff. Like, from years ago, I think I really that's what I really wanted to do at one point in my life, but I just never ever did it. But now, at this point in my life, like it's it's so much easier just for me to hit record and record the it's conversation then done, than to try to remember it and write it down and format it properly. There,
1: so. Listen, there are some awesome things about modern times, some scary things, some good things, some, and some, uh, some really good things with the.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah some, absolutely.
1: Uh, conveniences, I guess is the word, but yeah, man, um, that's awesome. I love what you do and uh, great job. Yeah, I mean, we it. need more people like you and, uh, and being in Picto is great too. Cause you can kind of, from the feet up you know you can get people from that area into the we, it's yeah. a lot of it's Halifax base so that's even better and it's like people can change the scene by just making like look at what CJ's done at, at oh us. yeah like, it's that it's is how you do it amazing you just yeah. make a scene like there's no scene well then you make it and, and yeah. now there's a huge scene and Kyle from uh, the marquee and <clears throat> these people are just doing it like there's no magic for him. just do it and like you're doing it it's it's killer Yeah. have you
0: been down to the Glasgow area much yourself yeah, like i know you've played, played here shows before
1: there yeah um at the jubilee and then at the in like the, the theater we've done some shows inside mm-hmm. um, where else have we played mainly the jubilee in the theater there um when when uh, carlton was alive yeah
0: yeah you know you should uh you should take a drive down uh sometime if you can fit it into your schedule or if you can work a stop in when you're going through somewhere but uh shoebox i think you would really like the shoebox studios in cantina
1: oh i i know i know the guys yeah yeah, yeah i know Andre it's a similar and, thing
0: and there's and... uh there's a few venues down here the east avenues having live shows and the mm-hmm. spot has live shows like there's it's similar there's always been musicians here that have been very very active but i have seen the last couple of years that there's people putting effort into making a scene here Love it. it's it's not just posturing like there's people that are putting on shows and opening venues and focusing on actually yeah. laying the groundwork of like there's material and content and there's something there more so than just the marketing piece of it so yeah. it, it's an exciting time and it, it, I think that echoes everywhere from the people I've been interviewing and now that I'm expanding a little bit more so around the east coast and not just specifically picto county or halifax and i'm starting to get other provinces there's a bunch of these little scenes popping up everywhere because everyone just has this renewed energy the last couple years to really put the effort in so i'm sure you're like myself because we would have been uh going through a lot of similar tastes in the different eras that Mm -hmm. right now it really seems like a real promising time for the the whole industry as long as we can find a way to keep paying everybody to keep producing content
1: the money is is tight with the economy like i know that sounds so cheesy like this economy but like i mean it's it's incredible what people are charging for food, lodging it's it's wrong but you know how to work within that and it's what's incredible is is the art scene is just growing Mm -hmm. Uh, i think maybe 2020 was obviously uh slow down but I think it was poised then just to kind of explode again like there has been ebbs and flows there's venues have disappeared over the years but now we're more focused on like I like the idea of what we do now it's like fewer venues but we focus on the more quality and Mm -hmm. Kyle's put in place that the marquee was never there before in the seahorse like a lot of bands have have not known what promoting was before that like we just like but when when we started like you could charge five dollar ticket maybe a ten dollar ticket if people knew the four bands that was the promotion done Yes. There was no like slogging it out on social. People just showed up. You could sell 600 tickets to mm-hmm. a show at the Marquee uh, when Greg Clark was booking that. Um, but then things got weird, right? Now we need promoters who are like crafty and thoughtful, yeah, uh, building out bills that make a lot of sense that only promoters can understand. I've been pretty bad at it over the years. Every time I build my own bill, I'm not sure if it works the way as well as a promoter. Mm-hmm. There's an art to that, <clears throat> and uh, they're doing that, and they're you know and they're and they're they're assigning costs to things the way they should um which was something we never did before we kind of just show up yeah by the bar and the drinks paid for this and who was paying for posters no one knew and and i like the way that it's more organized and it's always been that way in other markets and we're doing that now it's wicked
0: yeah I, i think that uh it's It's exactly thats it, as people are getting more educated on like the best practices on how yep. to work in the industry that we're starting to see a lot of people that had a lot of talent all along are really starting to rise to the top. so yeah, very, very exciting time for East Coast musicians, but just the industry as a well, whole, I suppose,
1: totally. and i I hope uh a new promoter comes along like a smaller promoter who could mm-hmm. take a little bit of risk on certain things and build out like a, a series. Like I know that they do that, do that like within the venues, but like someone outside of the venues who could become yeah. a promoter is really lacking in this town um, for like kind of the pop indie rock, mm-hmm. you know, and there's lots for like other styles, like heavy metal and, and um, electro and, and dance, dance, dance club stuff, or like, you know, uh, DJ nights and stuff. But like, we just need that. Person yeah. The, the
0: niche markets needed it to be able to yeah, survive, to, to
1: survive. But we like for like,
0: but everyone pop, else Rob. needs it yeah pop needs need it in order to, come to thrive like
1: work with kyle and work with the venues mm-hmm. and cj and like build out like a promotion company and then start bringing in bands and having other like that's not just sonic that's like, so it could bring in like bands from out of town and have local bands open for them um that'd be great i'd love to see more of that but it, it does take a lot of takes money and risk to do that but I yeah that some smaller purse promoter comes along to kind of fill that void um
0: well, here's hoping, and if not, maybe, uh, maybe one of these coffee chats will turn into something. <laughs> Who knows?
1: I'll pitch the idea. If you... But, you know, the venues are doing such a good job on their own, but uh, it's yeah. a lot for that man. I, I imagine that's busy. Yeah.
0: Uh, it looks like we're going to get cut off on our time here fairly hey, shortly. Um, I'd love to maybe revisit this in the future and uh, get an update on what's going on on your end. So uh, sure. definitely keep in touch and uh thank you for your time for today and everyone out there listening go out and check out every single one of those bands that we were just talking about and then find out who they were playing with check out those bands too
1: yes do it go listen to local music it's out there need some more streams
0: exactly thank you very much and uh see everyone soon